0: Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Amber Hegberg. Our interview is so refreshing because Amber is really upfront about how she needed to gain weight to regain her health and finally find freedom in her body. Amber is a yoga teacher and has been practicing yoga for over 10 years She continues to study yoga and learn more about herself so that she is better able to serve her students and give back to yoga what yoga has continuously and unconditionally given her for the last 10 years. Amber is here on the planet to help other high and overachieving women reclaim their power by building confidence, setting boundaries, and establishing a daily yoga practice in order to create a life of passion and purpose. Amber is so much fun. She is an absolutely wonderful person, and you will be inspired listening to this interview. I cannot wait for you to meet Amber. Jump on in. My name is Katie Allen, and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to self love ignited today on the podcast I am chatting with Amber Hagberg, and I'm really excited to get into this conversation Amber and I have only chatted once before today and I have a feeling that this is going to be a good one so Amber welcome to the podcast why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to
1: everybody Mm, Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to dive in today. And I'm Amber. I live in Costa Rica, been helping women teach yoga, practice yoga, get away into nature, life coach, and really just connecting to self-love and self-care through yoga philosophy. That's amazing. How long have you been in Costa Rica for? Going on seven years now. I can't believe it. (laughs)
0: it's amazing how time flies but when you find a place that just sort of fills your heart and feels right you know yeah 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 I get it I've been I've been in Australia just over seven years as well and it's kind of crazy for me
1: wow yeah (laughs) it's like it's like a life cycle you know they say seven years is a a full life cycle so yeah.
0: yeah yeah I believe it I believe it it feels like it um okay so this podcast is all about self-love and self-love might not be the right term for you. Maybe it's self-acceptance, maybe it's self-confidence, whatever it happens to be, but we are called Self-Love Ignited and it is all about telling the stories of women just like you who have come from a place of struggling with themselves, struggling with their body, maybe not liking or not loving parts of themselves to really stepping into embracing all that they are. So Amber, I really just want to invite you to tell us your story. So where did, you know, tell us about the challenges that you faced with yourself and where that all began.
1: I don't know how far back we go. (laughs) Um, But I would say that, you know, it really started back when I was, I want to say about 13, when I was taking clothes from my older stepsister out of her closet and sneaking them to school because they were cuter than mine. And one day I came home and I got caught and she said to me, don't wear my clothes, you fat A-S-S. And it was just this trigger I was going through um, first starting my cycle, my period and gaining weight. My boobs were big. And it, it was like this imprint that I've had on myself um since wow
0: so third and i mean that's a hard age for all kids right like that that is just an awkward age and to have that happen at that age to be called that name to your face the fact that you can still remember it so vividly like clearly that made an impression on you yeah so how else so you know being called a name being called a fat ass we can say ass on here that's fine
1: <laughs> Being called <a laughs> I, was like, I don't know <laughs>
0: I know I know right you never quite know how much you can sort of divulge but yeah that that's okay just no f-bombs that's where I draw the line <laughs> <laughs> um so you start this sort of started at 13 started having that like questions about your body your body was changing like you said your boobs were bigger like all these things were happening how did that instance continue to unfold with your relationship with your body and how did it sort of evolve from there?
1: For some time I was comfortable in my body and even though you know going through high school I was heavier at a time where I was really not taught about food and I went from growing up in a home till I was like 13 of being so Um, restricted. I wasn't allowed to eat anything unless they okayed it to going to live with my mom where I could eat anything I wanted. And so I put on so much weight and I knew nothing about food. And so throughout high school, um, people would call me earthquake and joke about my weight. And it was something that I didn't think about um, until my dad bribed me to buy me a whole new wardrobe if I lost weight. And I remember my first job in Kmart, I was 14 years old, and I was basically starving myself, I almost fainted, they had to take me to the back and start to um, give me water and take care of me. And I didn't know that I was, you know, starving myself or what that meant, at, you know, 14 years old. But as you know, life got, you know, I got older, I got wiser, I started to realize what was happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah, wow, 14, you started starving yourself. That is, I mean, it's not that young. Unfortunately, it's all too common. But still, I mean, now I'm in my 30s. Now, when I look back at 14 year olds, it's like, oh, they're just babies. Like teenagers are just babies still. And already at that age, you were, there had been ingrained in your mind that there was something wrong with you and that you needed to starve yourself to change. Yeah. So how did that both that sort of the lesson that you learned, but that ingrained thinking, those beliefs about yourself and these habits of not eating, not fueling your body properly. How did that follow you into adulthood?
1: I lost the weight. I got the new wardrobe um, and I still, started, I still struggled with um, staying a certain weight because I didn't like to exercise. And luckily when I was 18, I found yoga. And there was this thing in yoga where it no longer was about losing weight. It was like my body will come to its perfect size, whatever that means, without trying to change it. And so with that, there was this surrender and acceptance. Um, up until my, I left my ex-boyfriend, and after leaving him, he got with this girl that was just a different body shape than me. And she was smaller, Um, you know, in, in yoga, we talk, there's, there's three different types of body types, you know, the ones that are, you know, smaller, the ones that are a little bit more lush. And so I wanted to be her and that took me into a spiral of fasting and over exercising um, to a point now where I look at those photos, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so small. Like I couldn't have gotten any smaller, but I was trying to get smaller.
0: And when you were in that, when you were in that spiral of, you know, over and under-eating, did you know what you were doing or what in your head, was it just like the pursuit of health? Do you
1: remember? Did you have awareness around it? I What? 100% because India happens, you know, COVID happened. I was stuck locked down in India and my three and a half years of thinking I was being healthy, I realized I was orthorexic.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's huge. So that would have only been, so that was what, the beginning of 2020 then you would have had that realization.
1: Yeah. I spent those three and a half years trying to get my period back with, you know, um, Ayurvedic doctors, professional medical doctors telling me I needed to stop exercising and start eating more. And in my mind, I was like, no, we're supposed to exercise and and eat less, like that's healthy. And when I was in India, it was, another doctor was like, no, I, I think you need to gain some weight and I think you need to stop exercising that all the doctors and all the signs just flashed before me as I sat in lockdown.
0: So what did you do with that information? Because it's one thing to realize it. It's one thing to be like, oh, shit, all these things I've been doing maybe are not what I thought, like I am orthorexic. What did you actually do with that information? What steps did you take to start to change that shift that?
1: Well, um, there's two ways that I was learning about. One was um, reverse dieting and one was going all in. Um, I chose to go all in, which meant no exercise at all and eating 25 to 3000 calories a day. Um, And I started immediately. And it was really hard for me because I started gaining weight and I knew I was gaining weight. The hardest part was when people at the ashram started commenting about the weight gain.
0: And what did you do with that? I think for all of us who've struggled with our bodies, the like the fear of judgment and comments from others is one of the biggest sort of hurdles to overcome. So what did you do with that? How did you handle that?
1: Um, The first time it happened, I was like, no one understands, they don't know what I'm going through. And I talked myself through it. Um, The second time I um, talked to one of my friends uh, a therapist body image coach. And she reminded me that they don't understand what I'm going through. Um, and then the third time I broke down in tears. And then I got on my Instagram and started just ranting in complete anger at what society has done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good for you. I've done plenty of rants, they're very cathartic. <laughs> So, okay. So tell me about then this last year, year and a bit, since you started this journey, since you started intentionally eating more intentionally gaining weight, having a bit of support, having a bit of breakdown, having a bit of anger, all perfectly normal, healthy things. Tell me about this last year and what has unfolded in your life, in your body, in your health since then.
1: Mm, It's so powerful. I have so many goosebumps because my, Being in the ashram was like, oh, I don't care what they think, um, being the people that I'm around, because they didn't understand. The fear came for me when it was time to go back home and I was 30 pounds heavier and everyone knew me as the fit girl, the strong girl, the the body that they desire. And I was like, what are people going to think? And I had so much fear around returning home. Only to come home and everyone be like, what happened? You're glowing. There's such a radiance to you. Like you're so happy. And I was just really blown away by the, the, what I expected and what what actually came through. And not only did I get my period back as promised in the all in method three months in, it was like, I don't care if I gained weight because I just wanted my period back. But I fell in love and it was like three and a half years of not having any sex drive, having no attraction to anyone, to gaining weight, getting my period back and then falling in love and thinking to myself, like, maybe he wants me when I'm skinnier. Maybe, you know, when my body shifts, I'll find someone and him being like, oh, you're so perfect right now. Like, you don't need to change. And just seeing that my mind was wrong.
0: Mm, and how powerful a lesson like our minds and the stories that we tell ourselves are usually bullshit I would like to say like it's from it's you know childhood programming it's that time when you were 13 and you were called a fat ass it's you know like it's all of those things that are in our minds but that's old that's not real today and you got to like you got to change everything and has stepped into this really beautiful reality that you've created for yourself.
1: And uh, yeah. And as you like, look at it, I was like researching it. It's like every era, every generation, there's a different body type that we crave. And when I looked at the generations and how they shifted, it was fascinating to see that the evolution of women's bodies and what we thought of as beautiful and being able to see how my mind was programmed and you know being able to wake up to like finding more value in myself and the size of my body
0: yeah yeah I think that's such an important point that you make that over generations the beauty standard changes but it takes a long time for our genetics to catch up so just because in one decade you know like think of like Marilyn Monroe right? It was like curvy and busty and hips and the hourglass. And that was like, she was the epitome of the sexy woman. And then it went to, you know, through like Twiggy where it was, you know, you had to be like a tiny little stick and you couldn't have, um, hips and you couldn't have boobs and like the nineties waif. And then now we're in this place where it's like, have a tiny waist and have a really big bum, right? Like it's, it's just the continued evolution, but as women, our bodies haven't changed like our genetics haven't changed it's just the stories that society is feeding us that has changed really yeah and and even um just it's funny just yesterday i was looking on instagram as you do you know scrolling through seeing what you can see and somebody posted uh, it was photos of goddesses from thousands of years ago from ancient cultures and they, they were little rock carvings Of different goddesses from cultures all over the world and they were literally every shape and size and they were all considered beautiful and they were all considered desirable and it's like if women could just and this is you know part of the intention of this podcast and of having you here if women could just really understand that all shapes and sizes are beautiful and that however you show up in the world is desirable and is okay and is worthy and you can fall in love and you can be happy and you can live the life of your dreams, regardless of what you look like, there'd be so much more peace in this world. Oh.
1: Mm. Yeah. So much more peace and, and knowing that like health isn't a size. Yeah. and And so it's like, as we start to look at what healthy is, you know, opposed to what shape of our bodies that we have, it's, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Self-love. And Amber,
0: would you say that this journey for you, has this been a journey of self-love or body love or self-acceptance? Is there a term that feels most true for you?
1: I think for me, it, it's freedom to be me. Um, So that could be self-acceptance, but really like my word through this all was freedom. Mm. Like, freedom from society freedom from the control you know I had myself in so many boxes and and so many rules and now it's like oh I can just eat what I want exercise when I feel like it and not have to be in a box so it's you know freedom and and in that it's self-love you know because sometimes I used to think like self-love was like doing something every single day but self-love sometimes is doing nothing at all
0: yeah yeah you've captured it perfectly yeah, self-love is not in the doing. Love is not an action. Love is a feeling and a way of being. And you can show love through actions, but if you want to feel love and experience love, yeah, sometimes it is doing nothing. Yeah. I want to know on this journey in your life, what have you had any practices, any routines, any rituals that you've done to support yourself on this journey of
1: seeking freedom and stepping into self-love? I think that for me now, it's when I wake up in the morning, instead of like having a list of I have to, it's checking in and asking myself, like, what do I need today? Hmm. Instead of like looking forward to tomorrow and like having what I'm going to eat ready, having how I'm going to exercise, having my to-do list laid out. It's, you know, giving myself permission to let my, my self-love practices change based on how I'm feeling. And, you know, when I was first starting to get my cycle, um, because I spent three and a half years not eating sugar at all. When my, when my period came, I was like, you know, I'm going to eat ice cream today and watch Netflix and I'm going to shut my computer and I'm not going to work. And that's evolved. Like not every time when I have my cycle, do I, do I crave like ice cream, but Giving myself permission to change day to day. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Would you
0: say, then, in that act of giving yourself permission to change day to day, has this journey into self love, this journey into, you know, finding the freedom to be yourself, how has this influenced your mental health, like your mental well being?
1: I used to think about food all day long. (laughs) It was just like, what am I going to eat later? Am I going to eat this? Can I eat that? And I don't think about food when I, when I feel full, it's like, okay, I'm done. Or when I, when I go out, I used to not go out with friends because of where they'd eat or what they'd be eating. I used to just put so much. So mental health, yes, I have more space and it's not consumed with thinking about my next meal or what meal I can't have next. Yeah.
0: Oh, that just, I'm, as you're speaking, I have sadness for the you who was stuck in that like life of like depriving yourself, all these beautiful joys of living, you know, the joy of going out with friends, the joy of, which of course is like community and laughter and love and experiencing food, not just nourishing your body, but food is also nourishing for our souls and it helps us, you know, connect to other people and, I feel sadness for her but also I'm so happy to see you sitting here in front of me today and you've come so far in a really short period of time. May I add as well? Like it's really it's amazing. And I feel like knowing where you were in this cycle of you know not eating much over exercising to really intentionally starting to gain weight, getting your period back, falling in love. I really hope that this gives hope to other women who are maybe still stuck in that cycle, maybe in that deprivation, in that not eating or not going out with friends or, you know, keeping themselves from really getting all that there is to get out of this life. I really hope that this gives them hope because there absolutely is hope. If you can do it, they can do it.
1: Yeah. And it's just the fulfillment and and joy and freedom that you get from, not being trapped by, by the rules. And, you know, as I started to share my story, so many people would reach out to me, like, I'm not ready yet, but thank you, because now I know that I can do it. And it's just that it's, we're not always ready. I was told many, many times for three and a half years what I needed to do. And it wasn't until I was in lockdown in India with myself that I could no longer run from the truth of like <laughs> the prison I had been living in. And it was like, it really, for me, it took COVID lockdown to be with myself and watch my like my patterns. And so there's so much hope. And I used to tell myself, this isn't going to be this way forever even though when i was in it i didn't know i was in it i had to get out of it you know and there's so much hope that and to enjoy it you know when we are living inside of rules and boxes and and knows um we can't really be here enjoying what we're meant to do you know food is meant to be enjoyed around people we love and if it's something you know that we can or can't have um we're like holding ourselves back from really the experience of being human.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That it is is an integral part of the human experience is having that food and having that connection. And I'm really curious, I want to ask you, as your relationship with yourself has changed and evolved and really blossomed, how has that impacted your other relationships in your life? So I know you already mentioned that you fell in love this last year. Um, But how has it impacted, I suppose, how you show up in a romantic relationship, but also your relationship with maybe your family and your friends and other people who've known you from before?
1: Yeah, well, the first time when I came home, I went out to breakfast with one of my friends and she's like, I'm so surprised that you're eating. I thought you would, you know, bring your papaya or drink coffee. And so what it's done is, like not only like brought my friends shock but it's allowed them to feel comfortable inviting me places and and knowing like, oh, she's not gonna be on another fast. And it's opened up opportunities and more ability to connect. Which
0: is what life's all about
1: at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So Amber, tell us about how this journey into self-love into having the freedom to be your real true authentic self how has this impacted your path to entrepreneurship and having your own business and bringing your beautiful offerings into the world tell us about that
1: it's amazing that we attract people that we are like and so i always get people now that are like struggling with loving themselves and loving their body and so I used to teach yoga and how to be a yoga teacher and it's navigated into how to love yourself and, you know, break the rules and enjoy your life and use your, your daily practices and your daily rituals to be more of who you are rather than what you need to or have to do. And so what it's really done is brought people that were women into my world that were, are going through what I once went through. And it's so relatable, like when they talk to me, I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to myself. I feel like I'm telling you everything I needed to hear two years ago. And in that, it's like what you said to me before, you're like, oh, I just want to hug you. I just want to hold you. Like, I can't believe that younger you was living that way. And it's like, oh wait, that's how I felt. And, but it's allowed me to be relatable and they can understand and so what it's done is open up opportunities for me to help other women who where I was you know just a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. and you know in in that aspect a year and a half is is nothing and it's you know a, a far journey to come along when someone's going into it I remember when I first started my my coach said it's just three months and I got in three months and I was like. You said three months and I can tell this is a long road ahead, you know, and and it was just like, you know, uh, that was her way of getting me started because, you know, here I am a year and a half later, still working to love my body, still working to be here knowing that like, oh yeah, this is a lifelong journey, not a three month journey.
0: Absolutely not a three month journey. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I get the question all the time, you know, how long will it take me? Exactly what you asked, how long will this take me? And it's like, well, how long do you want to be alive? Like I always say, it's like this journey, it's, it's, a, it's your relationship with yourself and just like every other relationship we have in this world, it's changing and it's evolving and it needs nurturing. And as long as you're living in this body, you have a relationship with yourself. So it's always going to be there and you will have ups and downs. And I think recognizing that Recognizing that it is evolving instead of having a three month time limit on it or <laughs> three month expectation. Like, yeah, it's such a more peaceful way of approaching it. You know? Yeah. I love the three. I think every, I think everybody has that moment. It's just three months, right? Like maybe four or five. Like maybe. Yeah. No. A few more decades if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So if there's somebody listening who is, you know, where you were a year and a half ago, year and a half ago, two years ago, still really in that place of struggle, but also who is maybe starting to get to the, oh, maybe I do need to do something, maybe I do need to do something. Um, is there one exercise or practice that you would recommend for them to start with or implement in their own lives?
1: I would say journaling, journaling so that you can get what's in your mind onto paper and see it. I often find that when I have women start journaling, there is a little bit of resistance because it makes it more real, but we can't change what we're not aware of. And so if you struggle with journaling, just start with three sentences every day and let those three sentences turn into three minutes three minutes into three pages. And the moment you can bring awareness to whatever it is in your heart and in your mind, you then have the power to change it.
0: Gorgeous, gorgeous. That is wonderful advice. That's a wonderful advice. Oh, that gave me goosebumps just listening to you speak about that. Because I think it, it is these, <laughs> it is like the small daily practices And that being with yourself and bringing awareness, like that is the powerful stuff. Yes, of course, there might be like big breakthrough moments and everybody likes the big fireworks, but it really is that it's taking the time to be with yourself and yes, journaling. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I agree with you (laughs) 100%. Um, So Amber, if listeners want to get in touch with you, if they want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, about the amazing services and offers that you bring to this world, where is the best place for them to
1: find you? You can go to Amber Hagberg on Facebook and or Instagram, and I can send you those links.
0: Beautiful, yeah, and I will make sure that those are in the show notes as well, so it's really easy to click on through and find you and. As we get ready to wrap up, as we're sort of nearing the end of this interview, is there anything else that is on your heart that feels like it needs to be said? Is there any other little bits of wisdom or insight that you wanna add before we wrap up?
1: I just wanna say that if that conversation towards the end about three months being a lifelong journey um, feels intimidating, um, just take it a day at a time and know that it, it's one foot in front of the other. And if you do want freedom, whatever it is, I know that, um, I struggled with self-worth, self-esteem, showing up on Instagram, showing up on Facebook and being liked or not liked, followed or unfollowed, um, to put your value in you and what you do for yourself every single day. You can't change what other people think about you, but you can change the way you feel and think about yourself in the small moments of what you choose to do for yourself on a day-to-day basis. I always say that the longest, intimate, most sacred relationship you'll ever have is the one with yourself. So nurture it, nourish it, and continue to plant seeds and water them. And just know that you'll get out of your life and out of yourself what you put into it.
0: Mic drop. There it is. That's beautiful. Amber, thank you. I have nothing to add. That's absolutely perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being vulnerable with us. And thank you for giving hope to so many women out there who need it. And I know without a doubt that your story is definitely going to do that.
1: Thank you for having me, Katie.
0: All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.